It's August 8th, 2018, and welcome to the 10th anniversary edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum, and of course, Ryan is out on a short sabbatical, but he will be back, and we'll be looking forward for his return. First, we'll hear from Maya Walton and Katie Hinson from the UHC Grant Program. We're talking about the next King Tides and the Citizen Science photo shoot. Then we'll catch up with Angela Keene and Ian Kitajima, our very first guests on Bite Marks Cafe 10 years ago. And we'll get their perspectives on the last 10 years and predict what will happen in the next 10 years. And then we'll do a 20-year. <laughs> anyway, first up, we want to welcome Maya Walton. And she's the program lead and uh, uh, Katie Hinson. And she's uh, with Coastal Resilience Specialists at the um, UHC Grant college program and they're here to tell us about the next king tide occurrence and of course an opportunity to join the citizen science project to help document and of course i had you folks on just a little maybe about a year or so ago maybe two years and i want to have a repeat um kind of experience about the whole idea of king tides and what you have in store for everybody to participate with the citizen science so welcome to bite marks cafe Thanks so much for having us, and happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. We're so excited <laughs> to be here for the 10-year anniversary. Well, you know, I'm glad that uh, I could get you to come on. And, of course, you know, this whole king tide thing, I remember I remember asking you this silly question, how come they don't have queen tides? But <laughs> we'll forget about that. <laughs> anyway, you know, king tides, we really didn't hear much about king tides until just a couple of years ago. And, you know, actually I've been noticing especially when I run along the uh, Pearl Harbor bike path, that when there is a high tide, it comes up pretty close to the path. And I never really encountered that before. So I want to kind of give you a chance to let us know, who do, who, you, who should I start with? Katie, you want to tell us a little bit about the, the next occurrence? Yeah, so the next occurrence of King Tides will be tomorrow and Friday, August 9th and 10th. They'll be in the mid to late afternoon, depending on where you are in the Hawaiian Islands. Um, yeah, and we're excited to have people go out and participate in the project and photograph the impacts. So, Maya, I mean, like, uh, <clears throat> what has happened since the last time I had you on? Because if I re- recollect, there was an application called Liquid. That's that people right. could participate uh, as a platform. That's know? right. So what happened to that? Yeah, so we've actually switched to a new platform. It's more streamlined. It's more user-friendly. And we built it in collaboration with Pac Ayus. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go to our website, PacificIslandsKingTides.org, you can see the new photo entry form. Um, and like Katie said, we want people to head out tomorrow, Thursday, August 9th, as well as Friday, August 10th, to help us take pictures again. And what's happened since the last time we came on your show is we've had so many citizen scientists that have participated in the project that are helping us to understand king tides and water levels a little bit better. So uh, within the three years of the project, we've had 330 citizen scientists participate, and there are over 2,400 photographs that are now part of this free, publicly accessible database. Now, what is it, uh, Katie, about tomorrow and Friday that will sort of culminate in this king tide? Is the is the moon in alignment? I mean, what's what's ha- actually happening? 
That's exactly what's happening. So king tides is simply a non-scientific term for the highest high tide of the year. And when we see a king tide, there's two things that are happening. The sun, the moon, and the earth are in alignment, and they are in the closest point of their orbit to each other. So Mm -hmm. that means that we have a stronger gravitational force on the earth, and that means we get more extreme tides. So not just the highest high tides of the year, but many people don't know. We also tend to see the lowest low tides of the year during the king tide period as well. And in the Hawaiian Islands, we typically see king tides twice a year, once in the summer months, which are coming up very soon, and then again in the winter months around November, December, that sort of time frame. I know you're not a meteorologist, but I do want to ask you, do you think there would be any impact from uh, Hurricane Hector as a result of it sort of being somewhat uh, coincidentally aligned with the king tide? That's a great question. So um, Hurricane Hector is expected to pass south of the Hawaiian Islands this week. Um, And what's really important to remember about water levels, so the water level that's recorded by things like tide gauges, is there's lots of things that stack and contribute to the water level. We've been using this sandwich analogy. So some summers we can have a really thin sandwich where it's just the king tide. It's just the astronomical tide contributing to the water level. And some summers, like last year, we have lots of things stacking at the same time. So we have um, the king tide, the astronomical tide, plus um, El Nino, plus sea level rise. Sometimes we get contributions from storms and waves and wind and even eddies. Um, So that's why it's really important for citizen scientists to go out and photograph and send us their observations because we can start to understand these things a little bit better. Great, great. So where can people go to see sort of the new app and all the, uh, I guess, I don't know if you have to log in or anything, but how do you actually participate? So where where do people go and what do they have to do to actually become a citizen science contributing to this next uh, recording of the King Tide? It's really easy to be a citizen scientist. You just visit our website, uh, PacificIslandsKingTides.org, and we have all the information you need there. We have uh, tide tables that show when peak tide will be at different points all around the Hawaiian Islands, so you can look up the point closest to you and find out when to go out and take a photograph. And we also have a button on the homepage there that you can click on that says Submit a Photo, and that will take you straight to our web platform that allows you to submit not only a photo, but different data surrounding that photo. So it records automatically the time, the date, the um, latitude and longitude of where the photograph was taken, and it allows our citizen scientists to contribute their own observations because a lot of times people have been working or living or recreating on these beaches and coastlines for a really long time. So they have really valuable information about what's unusual happening in this picture that they can help contribute to the project. Yeah, I know that's great. And uh, and I know you folks brought some great pictures. And I think uh, if people, people want to participate, this is a way to get your picture included in their archive and really record what's happening with the King Tide. I want to thank you both, Maya and Katie, for joining us. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, and And happy anniversary. Thank you very much. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Angela Keene and Ian Kitajima for our 10th anniversary show. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Ornish Lifestyle Medicine, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu Co-working.
I have been listening to public radio since 1983. You'll get national news and local news, but it's the culture and the arts and the things that are going on around town that you'll never hear on the airwaves, except here at Hawaii Public Radio. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us in the studio, Angela Keene and Ian Kitajima. Of course, Angela is the Director of Marketing and Communications over at Shriners uh, Hospital in Honolulu. And of course, uh, Ian is, uh, according to his Twitter description, a tech Sherpa, a translator, a storyteller, a talent agent, a design thinker, and Jedi in training over at Oceanit, which has in, in parentheses a cutting edge mind to market firm. I love it. Ooh, you're good. <laughs> you're good. You've been doing this before, huh? <laughs> well, You've been you doing know, this for this a while, is, have you? It's been 10 years. 10 years. Of course, <clears throat> since I have <laughs> had you folks on as our first <laughs> guest on Bite Marks Cafe, and the date was August 7th, 2008. Oh, wow. wow. And, of course, what we talked about was Twitter. So I'm going to ask you all about <laughs> Twitter. I'm going to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe. Aloha. Aloha. Um, now, you know. <coughs> and Ryan. You know, the, 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 the interesting thing was that, um, you know, back in 2008, the, just the idea of social media and using Twitter and, you know, I mean, it was exciting. We was were new. just talking about that just before we walked in the door. Yeah. And what, 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 what can you recollect of that? kind of excitement so i had just left the news Mm -hmm. and i had been doing it since i I was uh, turning 40 and i had been doing it since i was 17 so it was a mourning meaning mourning the loss of being on the news and Mm -hmm. first radio then television and i was in a tailspin because i had no broadcast anymore and ian took me out met me at uh for coffee uh and he said angela you gotta you gotta catch this twitter thing and i'm like what's a twitter (laughs) well angela you don't look a day over 40 so that 10 years has not had any effect on you you started when you were five or something (laughs) yeah and ian you know back in those days uh yeah it was so new that i think everything that came our way we wanted to try and remember remember um Foursquare, oh and, yeah, and oh, you, yeah. You, know, you take Foursquare and you log in somewhere and right. say, "Hey, Square. here I am. I am." It's like, and if Twitter went down, there was another social media that we used. Something was it Cow or something? I'm trying to remember, Twitter oh. would go down well, once there was, in a while, and then we'd jump on this other app that was similar to Twitter, and we'd all kind of like, "Hey, I'm here, I'm here." Right? You know? Well, there were a bunch of uh, <laughs> Twitter-like uh, applications, yep. mm-hmm. and none of them actually survived. Them survived. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so. <clears throat> but you know what I what I'm kind of um curious about is over over sort of like these uh, last 10 years you know that youthful exuberance about social media has obviously changed yeah, <laughs> as a result yeah. of all yeah. the experiences that have resulted uh you know in in not only people using it but maybe perhaps the misuse of it well then there's also <laughs> the we still had face to face things happening back then so we would all connect on social media but then we'd have tweet ups right mm. those don't exist anymore <laughs> 
Yeah, well, we'd go to like dessert places. I remember we used to go to these yeah. dessert places and meet or up. new restaurants, and we'd all get together and. And no, that's that's right, that's right. And you know what? But what what I did notice is that back then, um, the idea of meeting as a result of social media and the tweet ups, uh, we did those because there weren't that many of those around, right? There weren't really right. reasons for us to sort of meet. you know meet mm, and, yeah. and leverage social media to do that, but. What has happened since then mm. is that, you know, the whole idea of meetups has taken on a whole other layer or level of, of, yeah. um, of participation because yeah. there's no point in doing tweetups anymore because there's like a meetup just about every week. Yeah. And, and you know, having mm-hmm. followed the tech scene, right, every week yeah. there's some kind of a tech meetup. Or group on. messaging, too. I mean, even just Messenger on Facebook, how many yeah. times have I had all these different conversations with people I probably would have had lunch with? Yeah. But, you know, I was just thinking about it. You know, I, one of the things I think about is a lot of the people who I know today, if it wasn't for Twitter or social media, I probably wouldn't know them. Right. Because it weren't, it, we weren't traveling in the same circles. You know, I'm in, like, this technology space and... But, you know, it's, it's like, how do I meet? How, I'm trying to think, like, how did I meet, like, you know, like Ed Morita and Joe Phillipson and all of these other Laurie people? Laurie Cicatello. Yeah, Laurie Cicatello. <laughs> hey, Laurie. You know, it's like, how do we meet these people? It was actually through through social media and then through other people. And then we all kind of got together and became friends. That's Neens. true. Neens. Neens. Yeah. Well, Neens out there. Yes. <laughs> you know, all of that. I was like, how do we meet these? It was all because of that. Yeah, that age Twitter. of innocence that we yeah. talked about of social media when it was like, this is just amazing and fun and it was a way to connect. And there was no sales. There was no marketing. It yeah. was really about our lives and our day-to-day things. Um, people that worked in high-profile positions didn't necessarily talk about what they did, but about their life. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm having a coffee or this yeah. or that chit-chat, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah. no, no, it's it's changed quite. It's all about marketing and sales. Yeah, it's yeah. all about marketing. Well, and and you know if and if you sort of follow what's been happening lately in terms of uh, perhaps uh, you know using it or let's say weaponizing, which we sort of talked a little right bit about this morning. <laughs> this morning, <laughs> the, I, the, the the term weaponizing mm. is something that's kind of new. Especially mm-hmm. in the context of of social media, mm-hmm. yeah. and and Angela, you know, being kind of in the communications marketing for Shriners, I mean, do you still leverage social media to the you know in in terms of its applications like every you did day, before? every day? Uh, and the great thing for us is, I think when I joined um, Shriners five years ago, there was a struggle for social media, and that was really my kuleana, my thing, and we grew. I was able to help them grow um, and got a Koa Anvil Award for the the, the marketing mm. campaign that I just did organically with no money. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we now have over five thousand uh, Facebook friends on on Shriners. But what's great is that I get instant or instant message. I get um, private messages through our um, Shriners Facebook page from concerned parents with questions. Mm. Um, when can I get an appointment? Um, neighbor Islands asking, um, I think my child has scoliosis. And there would be no other way for them to reach us except go through the phone line or try to find an email. And mm. just for them to have an instant message with an instant answer and me answering on the other end would have never happened 10 years ago. 
Did you um? Mm. Did you ever embrace the whole Snapchat? Uh, uh, I have a Snapchat and I just don't <laughs> use it because I'm running like five accounts, so it's it's just too much mm. for me. And I have an issue with it disappearing so quickly. Oh, you, you know? actually want it to stick around yeah, longer? Yeah, I do, I do. So it's it's Snapchat. I have it, but I don't use it because <laughs> it's just too too much. You know, one of the applications that uh, <clears throat> I think was. Part of this whole ten year span, which became much easier, is the idea of of streaming on the yeah. web. Yeah, and before we really had to jury rig a lot of things together right. in order yeah. to actually do a, a live live stream. cast or live yeah. stream. Yeah, and then now hard. remember um, things like uh, Meerkat, yep. and then you had uh, Periscope. And oh, now, Periscope, yeah. That and was... now it's so easy to just do, it. do Facebook. a Facebook live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not like yeah, not like in the old days. <laughs> or we would record it and then upload it to YouTube. YouTube yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that or, was the uh, old live way. stream. What was mm-hmm. it? Is uh, it called live stream? Yeah, well, yeah, there, there was a, there was a site called live stream. Yeah, we used that quite a bit before. You know, now you have Periscope. Everything's on mobile now. Back then, it was mobile was still smartphones were were pretty limited, right? Because the bandwidth, the power, the battery, the applications. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's like. Everything's on mobile, on smartphones, and yeah. And we were just talking about how we were using it in the early days uh, for campaign work or just sharing. <laughs> that was a, that was a big one for Abercrombie's campaign. Yeah, and I would say that one. was one of the main reasons why I think he won he was won, because yeah. the folks, all of us working behind the <clears> scenes, scenes with social media, yeah. and Bert, you and I were doing some stuff. Um, we treated it like it was a, a broadcast yeah, channel. Yeah, we did right. interviews, and yeah, you yeah. know, we had the camera going, and yeah, it was uh, it was using the technology that really you weren't able to access because you couldn't actually do it on a you know broadcast television. But you you had this stuff that was it lowered the barrier for you to yeah. actually do it. Do it. Sure, yeah. and we took advantage of it, and it was it was not only impactful, but it was fun. It was fun, right? And I would say going yeah, back to fun. Twitter, it's now more companies there pushing their products or talking about what they do. Mm-hmm. And then if you ever have a customer service issue, the place to go to complain and get an immediate answer is Twitter. <laughs> if, if, if you have a bad flight, you have a bad meal, you have a bad experience, and you tweet it out there to the company that did you wrong, <laughs> somebody will come back and resolve it because they don't want that out there. And mm. it's usually what I recommend when people have issues that they need to resolve. Well, you know, I, I do um, love talking about sort of the, the, the past and how we've sort of grown mm. out of it. But I do want to get your sort of impressions of where we might be going because mm. I think there are some very interesting technologies. And the fact that we are, I think, again, this age of innocence, we've grown mm-hmm. out of the age of innocence and now we're aware of a lot more things that could be, I don't know, mm, impactful, sure. detrimental to, you know, how we <laughs> leverage these yeah. uh, these tools. Right. I want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Angela Keene and Ian, Ian Kitajima, our guests who were with us 10 years ago, <laughs> almost to the day. And of course, we're talking tech and we want to keep an eye out for what's in the future. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Wealth Jar, Hawaii Pacific University, and Locations.
Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And of course, uh, joining us in the studio, Angela Keene from Shriners Hospital and Ian Kitajima from that, what, Mind to Market company, Oceanet. Oceanet. <laughs> and of course, uh, uh, we're talking about the fast development of uh, technology in Hawaii. Mm. You know, right before the break, I mean, we're talking a little bit about, you know, reminiscing about, uh, you know, social media and how it's uh, played a, a major role, I think, in, in a lot of our lives. But, you know, going forward, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about some of the, uh, I guess, the awareness of what we've learned from social media and how it's currently being used in maybe not mm. so innocent ways. Mm. And what should we be kind of looking forward to in the next, not 10 years, but, you know, in the near future? Ian, you wanna you wanna give the stab stab at that? Man, that's a tough yeah. one. Yeah, it is a very tough one. <clears throat> that's a tough one. I, I I don't know. I mean, if it feels like um you know, if you're not careful, you know, social media becomes this thing you're not paying attention to anymore. It feels like it, you know, it's almost uh it's becoming really questionable i mean i mean i love facebook because i can stay abreast of what fa- has happening with family and all these other things and in twitter is where i go for all my new stuff instagram where i want to see like friends and like happy mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and good stuff yeah. um so these i think these these different platforms are becoming kind of specialized or they're becoming known for certain things and they're the go-to places where you go uh it's be very interesting to see um how other technologies will come to integrate with social media. So if you think about, you know, augmented reality and virtual reality mm. and artificial intelligence and the sharing economy. You know, we think think about it, right? Uber wasn't even around when, when this show started, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I would think Airbnb probably wasn't around either. Right. right? So, you know, the the world is becoming this uh, more interconnected world, interconnected place. Um, hardware and devices will be more interconnected. And somehow that will play back into the social networks that we're connected to today. Right now it's mostly people, but I would imagine hardware and other things will become more integrated into these platforms because they're so powerful. I mean, Well, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and you really are po- uh, touching on a, a topic that I kind of want to explore. Both of you have been communicators. Angela, you've been in the news business. And people are trying to get a better understanding of reality. Mm -hmm. But the challenge is that there's so much more information being thrust at us Mm. that perhaps there's a a, a sort of a reality distortion (laughs) that when you you start start to try to figure out, like, what is actually real and what is is reality in this sort of post-truth era? You know, one of the things that I I, want to ask you, Angela, you know, when I I, uh, was following – Hurricane Hector, mm-hmm. and as a, an example, you would do a uh, maybe follow the hashtag, right? Uh, either Hector or Hurricane Hector. <clears throat> so I was kind of tracking that, and one of the things that popped up, and I started to notice that there were these references to something called the um, hypercane. So instead of a hurricane, a hypercane, and hmm. what they were what, what they were uh, proposing was that. What happens when a hurricane comes into contact with the warm water as a result of the volcano? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, and then yeah, the, I, I this, this, yeah. <laughs> this kind of concept yeah. of a hypercane. And, mm. and there, were, there was actually discussions about it. And, and I'm thinking, this is a little bit going a little, you know, a little off, yeah. you know, in terms of speculating beyond mm. 
300 mile, 400 mile, you know, an hour oh, winds. Yes. So I guess, Angela, you know, in terms of the, the how do people get a grip mm-hmm. on what is real and, and, and not, to, not to be too gullible in terms well, of what and, is out there? And that's so true. But even back in the day, it happened. So, for example, when I worked at a television station, my very first TV news job in Nebraska in the 1990s, we would have families coming to the studio to ask about the network shows and whether they were taped there and if Uh they could meet the characters. And I'm like, whoa, 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 that's in Hollywood. (laughs) This is just a little TV station in the middle of the cornfield out in Nebraska. And they seem to somehow have this in their head that there was a connection to Hollywood. But there wasn't. I mean, a handful of people thought like that. Um, Or that, like, I knew Walter Cronkite Cronkite, or, you know, that I worked with him Mm -hmm. or, you know. uh, But your buddy. Yeah, but – and so there's a little bit of that dreaming still into the future now with this technology. People see things that they think are real that – there are smoke and mirrors or too. I, or you know the thing. I, I think that was what was became really interesting from the uh, because of the election was, you know, because because we were so surprised at that. So much of the United States was so unhappy. And then when I'm looking at my my Facebook pro- <clears throat> feed, you know, I'm going like, well, I don't see that. It's, well, mm-hmm. it's because that's the world that got kind of served up to me based on my preferences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so so what happens is you are living, if you're not careful, in this very distorted world. And I think what is happening too is is I think for younger people, it's it's probably more prevalent in that what gets posted are like all these really amazing things that are happening in their friends' lives. And it's kind of almost artificial. Yes, it is. And so they're thinking, my God, every or people have this idea like, Everything is so just hunky-dory for that person. Like, wow, my life doesn't feel that way. And so it becomes this, I don't know, it becomes this kind of um, kind of a Wizard of Oz kind of a thing yes. where you see all the good stuff, but then behind the curtain, it's like there's a person pulling on the strings and stuff. Or yes. it's like it's not as, it, it, that may not be really the reality, but that's what gets posted. Right. And right. It, and it, you know, it sort of creates this, uh, this gap and this desire for this thing that's better. And... You know, I think one of the things you mentioned artificial intelligence, and I think there's going to be, uh, and we'll probably cover it, you know, in in upcoming shows, this idea of the deep fake, mm. and yes. we we talked a little bit about that, and yeah. you know, there are examples of that popping up now. In fact, there's that movie that was actually done all by AI, artificial intelligence, intelligence. Right. and if you can take somebody's picture. <clears throat> And, There's and, and so morph much it into magic something. we can do with that. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> you can put someone's face, face on top on of something. something. Yeah. 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 So, so I think you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff that we are going to be covering, you know, yeah, in the in the very uh, near future, especially with you know AI, augmented reality, all the digital tools that are now at our disposal. <clears throat> And sometimes pe- people post things like I'll post something this afternoon from a wedding that I may have done last weekend. Um, that's my other hobby. And people will say, oh, you did a wedding today. No, I didn't. You know, or my my mom will see something mm. that I did and will say, oh, when was that? that? That picture was actually from a year ago. And she thinks it's yesterday or today. God, it's you interesting. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they everybody thinks that it's in the now. In the now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And and I think, yeah. you know, the technologies that are becoming more available in terms of not only the, the digital technologies, but the, the, you know, big data, AI, being able to create these these 
artifacts mm. that aren't real, and they may be pre- you know presented <laughs> as real. Yeah, but that, but I think that's where, and the other way too, right? I think technologies like artificial intelligence and there's opportunities there to help us realize when something is fake yeah as mm-hmm. well so these you know so part of it is testing all those things so yeah so anyway we're we're looking forward to a lot of uh, interesting topics over the next uh, 10 years Two and I, years. I won't wait 10 <laughs> years before I have you guys back of course Angela Keen is from Shriners Hospital and Ian Kitajima from Oceanet and we're going to thank you for being on our 10th year anniversary I show I believe it thank you thank good you good to see you Angela good to see you guys and of course we want to thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe join us next week when we'll talk about small cell technology and the upcoming 5G explosion if you miss any part of this edition you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. And, of course, our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app. You stay awesome, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Bite Marks Cafe.